This is My Seminary Life, Episode 6, where we will be discussing Martin Lloyd-Jones' book, Sanctified Through the Truth. Welcome back, everyone. Brandon Knight here. This week, I had to write a book report. I couldn't even tell you what was the last time that I had to write a book report. I'm not really even sure when was the last time I had to do that. When I was in college, I took, I think the class was called Effective Writing. That was just like the required English writing class that all students, gen ed course, had to take. And one of the assignments in that class was we had to do a a literary analysis of a short story, and I did mine on Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. It was enjoyable. I like Edgar Allan Poe. But a book report? I think I have to go all the way back to senior year of high school. It was the last time I wrote a book report, and I think that was The Scarlet Letter was the book we had to read that year. I've recently learned, talking to my wife Claire, that, uh, so I went to a private school, and she went to a public school, and we were talking, we always like to just like compare what our lives were like and what our classes were like in these two very different worlds. And I learned that I apparently know how to diagram sentences really, really well. And she has no, she had no idea what any of those words meant. And apparently I only had to read, I only had to read one book a year when I was in high school, you know, one for English class. I only had to read like one book a year and she was reading like three, four, five, I don't know. It was a lot of books, like, every year. It seemed very overwhelming. I just had to do, like, four in my entire career. She was doing that many in one setting. So, anyway, we're doing a book report this week. It is a short book report. I had three pages to write this, and this was one of those occasions where it was like, I actually need more. Thank you. I appreciate the fact that my first co- my first graduate paper that I have to write is three pages long. Appreciate that part, but I really need more space than this to talk about Martin Lloyd-Jones's Sanctified Through the Truth. And the cool part about this whole assignment, I think the best part about this whole assignment was the fact that I got to pick this book. We had the opportunity to choose. There was like a suggested list of authors and books, but we got to choose who we want, what we wanted to read, who we wanted to study, and write about it. And I really enjoyed that. You know, I my experience in college, and even when I, my brief time, like the two years that I was with Moody, it was very much, here's the information. Here's what you get to work with. But it's really cool that for this one assignment, for this one class, I get to pick. I like that. I like the freedom. I don't know if that's going to be part of the rest of the my academic program here at, at Grace Seminary. I, I hope so. I hope there's like this little, especially if it continues to just be three pages long every time, just this opportunity to, I get to study. You know, when I was in college, my mentality, and even again, even when I was in Moody the first go around, my mentality was very much, you teach me. You instruct me. And now, I I don't know if it's just because I'm 
older or because I have been doing, you know, time has passed and I have done a lot of my own studying elsewhere. But I, I have a heart for, yes, please teach me. And I have learned a lot in this class these past six weeks. But I, I, I have this internal, like, I am wrestling with the material. I am getting to choose what I want to study and wrestle with the material and arrive at my own conclusions. And again, I am learning and I have a heart to learn, but it's just really fun to have this, have this academic area where I can flex some of my own muscles and maybe challenge certain things. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm enjoying it. I've never done an independent study before. I wish I could. Because that's like where you get to kind of build your own curriculum. It kind of sounds like the Chipotle of higher education. You kind of get to build it out a little bit as you go. Obviously, if you listen to last week's episode, and if you haven't, you should put this on pause and go check it out. But as you heard in last week's episode, given the opportunity, I probably would do some form of like an independent study on C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien. Or, because I've already read a lot of their stuff, I would do an independent study on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That would probably be my third pick because I read Eric Metaxas's biography after I got out of college on Bonhoeffer, mainly because I knew it was a very popular book at the time, and I had always heard the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but I didn't really know who he was and what the big deal was, and I, I just fell in love with his life story and his teachings. And I've got on my bookshelf in here, the cost of discipleship and also a, uh, an essential reader of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which is just a collection of sermons, lectures, letters, portions of other books. You know, it's a big book like that. And I haven't gotten a chance to read either one of those yet. So I, if I ever get the, if I had the opportunity to do an independent study, at least I could, you know, knock out a couple books that I have on my bookshelf on that on uh, Bonhoeffer. But um, it, that or I would do maybe a preaching independent study. I was thinking about that this week, earlier this week, of like a class where you would sit and read over the manuscripts of different famous preachers through different eras of church history. And then maybe you could also do like a specific uh, week on, you know, not white evangelical pastors, but you know, met men of different nationalities, women of different nationalities, how they have preached and taught, and you like study their manuscripts. You could do a week on, you know, you could do a week on people that we would generally generally regard as not the most, you know, orthodox of teachers, just to see like how they teach, how they preach, and you kind of. You not just study the theology, but you also study, as you come into more recent history, the presentation style as well. Grace Theological Seminary does have a D-min. I was looking at their D-mins one day because they have a track where if you have a Master of Arts, you can work towards a Doctorate of Ministry. And I was looking, and they do have a Doctorate of Ministry in a very fancy-sounding preaching concentration but that is a decision for future brandon not current brandon current brandon just needs to finish his first seminary class 
and then the rest of his degree. <clears throat> but let's get on with the show. Again, we are talking about Sanctified Through the Truth by Martin Lloyd-Jones. I think it is best if we started this conversation out on the book by reading our verses of the week, because as you may guess from the title of the book, this book is focusing on John 17, verses 17 through 19. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. That is our verse of the week for this episode. Let me get settled in here, back in behind my notes. Sanctified Through the Truth is part of the Assurance of Our Salvation series by Martin Lloyd-Jones. The four books in the series covers John 17, 1 through 24. The High Priestly Prayer of Jesus. Saved in eternity, safe in the world, and growing in the Spirit, round out the rest of this series. This book, obviously, as I said, focuses on this part where Jesus prays that his people, that his followers would be sanctified in the truth, and he consecrates himself, he sanctifies himself for a purpose. <clears throat> Why in a class on spiritual formation did I have to willingly choose to read a book on being sanctified through the word of God rather than being made to read one? Because if you've been following along since episode one, and I, I encourage you again, if you jumping in for the first time here, it would be helpful if you ran through the rest of these episodes because it is a class. So there is kind of this compounding information going on here. But we started this class on spiritual formation, not with the importance of reading God's word, not with the importance of prayer, although back in episode three, we did talk about prayer because I had been doing those prayer journals. It was just more so a timing thing rather than uh, anything else. But why in all five of these books that I have had to read for this class They've all talked about scripture at different points, but why did I have to choose the one that talks about scripture? Shouldn't it be, shouldn't that be like the main thing that we go with, that we should have started with? Reading scripture? Why are we on week six and we're just now talking about the word of God? I talked about this a little bit last week. And I wanted to reiterate it here, that when we go straight to spiritual disciplines of reading scripture or prayer or fasting or serving, whatever, rather than starting with the heart, we miss what spiritual formation and sanctification is. Christians in general, we discuss, sorry. Oh, I got lost in my notes. Uh, where am I at here? So basically what I'm trying to say here is that what when we start with the doing, then we're just going to have doers. But what spiritual formation and what sanctification is, is more than just being made holy. It's more than just being made holy. It's more than just 
sinning less. It's about growing in our relationship with God, with God coming in and transforming our heart and our fellowship, our relationship with him being strengthened. We discussed in the forum post last week about spiritual disciplines, and one guy was, me me and one of the other guys, we were having a conversation on there because he kind of comes from like a sports ministry world, and I have my martial arts background, and we were talking about the different views of spiritual disciplines. And I think for most people, the view of spiritual discipline is that you go to the gym and you get a good sweat on. That is spiritual discipline. So you, you read your Bible, you pray, maybe you fast every once in a while, you're involved, you're plugged in at your church, you're just kind of doing, you're, you're hitting the gym just to work out. Whereas our professor and the lectures talks about how spiritual form that spiritual disciplines scripture prayer blah 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 they should be more like you're specifically training to obey god in a specific way so rather than just generally hitting the gym doing a warm up some cardio some weight training it's more like i am going to go to the heavy bag and work on my jab cross combo that is more of the mentality that people should have with spiritual disciplines instead of just generally coming to the word of God and intaking as much as you can intaking as much teachings, good teachings, good books, nothing wrong with any of that. I think we should be intaking good preaching, good teachings, good podcasts. Hello. Good music too. Good. Just like anything that is scripturally rooted we should be intaking these things generally. We should be generally hitting the gym. But I think we also should be sitting down in our quiet time, open to God in the dark nights of the soul, open to God to what he could be, to hear what he could be saying to us through these times to specifically work on part of our relationship with God. And again, it's not just so that way we can be less sinful is to be closer to him. Ideally, again, I think our Christian life should be marked by by both. Generally hitting the gym and also working specifically on our jab cross combos. Okay, so, and that's why we get to this point, and I'm just now reading a book about scripture, because the class has been so focused on building your relationship with God by listening, by fellowshipping with him, by doing, I don't want to say doing other things, but basically we flipped the, flipped the script. It isn't just about reading your Bible for hours on end. It's about being in a relationship with him first, and then we talk about this spiritual formation, spiritual disciple. Disciplines. Disciplines is the word I'm trying to go with here. Maybe I should stop recording these episodes in the morning. Just a thought for season two here. Okay, so we are halfway through the episode and we still actually haven't even talked about the book yet. So here we go. Here is the breakdown. I got to switch over now to my paper. Here is the breakdown of this book. It's a pretty short read, 11 chapters, less than 200 pages. It's an easy one to kind of whip out in a week. 
In chapter one, Lloyd-Jones sits down to explain the differences between the use of the word sanctification. In the translation I was reading, I generally read from the ESV. The word is, there is two different words there, but in older translations, sanctified is, sanctify, sanctified is used twice in that passage because it has two, and it has two different meanings, which comes out in the ESV. One of the meanings, the first one that he highlights there, is there where Jesus says that he consecrates himself. He sanctifies himself. He is setting himself aside. That is one of the uses of the word sanctified. That God has called us out for a specific purpose to serve him. And what we see in scripture is that the throughout scripture that that word is used to refer to people, places, and things. You know, things were set aside for a specific purpose in the temple or certain locations were set aside for worship. You know, we, we had these, and of course people as well, were all consecrated, were sanctified for a purpose. The second use of the term, which is the one that we're going to more so focus on throughout the rest of the book, is to be made holy, to be made holy, the, the sanctifying, the making us into the image of Christ. And that's more so what the rest of the book is about. Chapters two and three focus more on the first definition, kind of finishing the conversation out on this first de definition. Chapter two talks about the big reason why believers are sanctified, are set apart for a specific purpose, and that is for the work of evangelism. For whatever reason, in, God, in God's grace and goodness and kindness towards us, he has set us aside to be the instruments that he uses to justify, sanctify people in this work, in this world. We are set aside for evangelism big, broad, sweeping term that can be broken down into very individual ways when we start talking about specific people. But at broadly, at the broad swoop, we are set aside for evangelism. And Jesus, in chapter 3, was sanctified, he was consecrated, he was set aside for the, the specific purpose of our justification. It's a beautiful chapter. There is three chapters that I would really highlight in this book. I would give to people to read for their own like spiritual uh, enrichment. And that is one of them. This chapter on Christ setting himself aside that we can't be made sanctified. We can't be sanctified, be made holy without Christ first setting himself aside to then pay the debt for us, so that way we can be justified. It's, it, it's a process, but it's a beautiful, graceful process. Okay, so the remainder of the book is going to focus more on this second use of the term, sanctify, to be made holy. Chapters 4 and 5 deal with what sanctification, being made holy, is not. And here was the real kicker, folks. He very directly calls out what I have been studying in this class twice. How bizarre. <laughs> yep. I, I wanted to read this book.
because I wanted, I, I had the sneaking suspicion that it was going to be contrary to what we were studying in this class so far. I didn't think it was going to directly call it out as a misinterpretation of scripture. If that part was a little surprising. I assumed, based off of the title and the passage, that this book was going to be very much focused on all you need is scripture. All you need is the word of God. And I, I, I don't want to rush to the finish on this, so hold that thought. We're going to get, because the final section of this paper is me talking about my reflection on the on this book. So hold that thought. We're going to come back to that. But he does. He does very directly say, those who talk about abiding in the vine, they're just opening themselves up to doing nothing. Those who talk about sitting in the dark night of the soul just stay there perpetually and never get out of it. Like, when the Word of God says to do something, you do it. When someone is struggling with uh, a sin habit in your in their life, you are to go to them and confront them with the truth over and over and over again. Because it's a matter of the will and nothing else. Interesting. Again, even that part goes against what we were talking about, what we've been talking about in this class. So what is sanctification then? Well, to be sanctified, you need to be intaking. Actually, the word that he uses, you need to be in a relationship with God and a relationship with his word, specifically the teachings of the New Testament. This is all kind of chapter 6, 7, and 8. We're dealing with what is sanctification. We are to be intaking, be in a relationship with God by being in a relationship with his word, intaking specifically the teachings of the New Testament. I think once or twice he mentioned that the whole of scripture is good, but it was very specifically the New Testament, and very specifically, the two areas, if you're going to study anything in the New Testament to help sanctify your inward self, then you need to be reading the sections, you need to be focusing in on portions of Scripture that talk about the nature of God and the nature of sin. And that would be another chapter I would really actually recommend. Chapter, I think it's chapter 8, where he talks about the uh, nature of sin. It was, it was a very good read. That is a very good chapter. Chapter 1 on the definitions. Chapter 3 on Jesus being sanctified. And chapter 8 on the nature of sin. The sin nature and like his working definition of what sin is. It's, it's a, it's a good read. Those are good reads. I found his definition of sin to be something I've never really heard before, but I think it is something that is true and good and helpful as we, as we walk in our spiritual life. And for, you know, people like me who are looking to get into ministry and are preaching and teaching. So those were all good. Those are all good chapters. The close of the book, chapters 9 through 11, talk about the present reality of being sanctified, how we are a new creation and Christ lives up and or lives up, lives in us and how 
the we have the promise of the hope of the future resurrection physically in Christ Jesus in the future. So that is in a nutshell the looks like 10 minute version of Martin Lloyd Jones sanctified through the truth. And now here are some of my thoughts on it. Like I said, it was very interesting to read a book that was very contrary to what everybody has been saying so far in this class. My professor, John Coe, Dallas Willard, Larry Crabb, like all of these, all of these authors, all of these speakers have been saying this one thing, and now Martin Lloyd Jones is saying this other thing. But the weird the weirdest part of it all, because it just keeps getting more bizarre, is that they're all talking this, they're all using the same language. Because even, I forgot what chapter was in, in my, I've got it footnoted here. Uh, but in, in Sanctified Through the Truth, Lloyd-Jones does write that the point of all of this isn't just to sin less or to have an experience with God or to, you know, anything like that. It's not to be made holy to be made holy. Like the point of all of this is to be in a relationship with God. That is the primary thing here, is our relationship with God. And they use the same language and the same terms and the same everything. But they have, we have this divide here of, you know, Dallas Willard, Larry Crabb, and others. They're, they're on this more broad path where we can hear from God in various ways that we shouldn't limit God to how he could be speaking to us. And then we have Martin Lloyd-Jones over here. I'm like walking in my house and waving my arms like you can see all this. But we have Martin Lloyd-Jones over here saying, oh, no, no. It is the word of God, very specifically the New Testament, that you need to be reading. So that way God can do the work of sanctifying you. Because that's the other thing, is that this is also very much a work of God in our life. Not anything that we're doing to sanctify ourselves, though we do have a responsibility here, but it is God who does the work. So what do I do at this point? You know? Because even though what I've been hearing in this class has been good, and I've been implementing this in my life, and I've been seeing change both in the way that I think with my mental health and my theology and everything. But what Martin Lloyd-Jones is saying is actually more of what I have heard my entire life. And I think it's more of what we as Christians are used to hearing and we like hearing it. That all you need to do is read the word of God. Now, here's the thing. If you've been following me on this through this journey from the get-go, I hope you're not going to walk away from this saying, okay, I'm only going to do X. I'm only going to read my Bible. I'm only going to sit in the dark nights of the soul. I'm only going to pray. I'm o- that's, that's not the point. I really think, I really think that we should not limit God to how he could be speaking to us. And I know that kind of opens the door widely for all types of misteaching and 
maybe reading into things when we shouldn't be reading into them. But very specifically, the Word of God, and prayer, and fasting, and serving, and being in Christian community, and uh, sitting in the dark nights of the soul, and doing all of these things, these are just various ways that we open ourselves up to experience God. I would put in there good books, good music, good sermons, good podcasts, second plug, good, you know, music. And I would put all of these in here as well, even the arts at times, to how we can hear God speak. And here's why. And I'm, I'm treading on eggshells here. When Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. I think we're reading into it a little bit that that means the word of God, scripture, that that means the Bible. Mainly because, first off, when he said that, they had the Old Testament. So if you want to be like David in Psalm 119, as he talks about how much he loves the law of the Lord, fine, that's fine. But I think even to very specifically say the New Testament is where we find our the teachings on saint, our, for our sanctification to happen, I don't think that's accurate. And honestly, I don't care if you're an evangelical or an ex-evangelical or a WXYZ evangelical. As soon as you start saying that portions of the Bible aren't necessary or implying that certain portions of the Bible aren't necessary for our relationship with God, I start to lose interest a little bit. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I think we have this whole book for a reason. I think we have this whole book for a reason. And I'm going to stick to that. But when he says, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. Jesus also says elsewhere that, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We find our sustenance, we find our life in the words that God speaks to us. And God's word, don't, don't mishear me on this, God's word is indeed truth. It is truth towards us. Very clearly open on the page. Just read the words. Read the words. I know there's, you can get all... I know you can get into the weeds of the interpretations and the original languages and how people have mis, you know, translated or have, you know, miswritten about certain portions of scripture or whatever, but read the word of God. There's your truth. But I think we can hear God in other ways. And it could very well be you're sitting in the dark night of the soul. And God says something to you about your identity in Christ. And it could very well be a, a verse that comes to mind. Or you could just hear the word beloved or hold on. You know, you, like, I think, I think this can be a little broader, I think. And like the, I think it was the episode where I talked about Larry Crabb's book. By the way, sorry that I am now two for two on doing book discussions, and both times I've kind of rung the book through the ringer a bit. But uh, 
And when I talked about Larry Crabb's book, The Pressure's Off, I, I ran the disclaimer of, I reserve the right to be able to change my mind later in life. So this is where I'm at right now, and this is what I want to leave you with, is that, yes, please, read your Bible. I don't, I don't know why we have to remind Christians of that. I'm sorry, that's judgmental. That's very judgmental on my end. But we need to be reading God's word. And I think we should be open to how God could be moving in other areas as well. As we fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. As we, you know, sit in the dark night of the soul. As we pray. As we fast. Like, as we walk through life, we should be able to hear God in different ways. And I'm, I also think this is true because just think about like your friendships or your dating life or your relationship with your spouse or whatever. Like imagine only having one way that you communicate with each other. Imagine, I, I actually can't imagine this. Only going on one date for a long period of time. Like when Claire and I first started dating, we were primarily going to coffee shops all the time. RIP, spill the beans. We were there a lot. But we would, I would, because I didn't really know much about dating and I didn't know what looks like too fast, too slow, whatever. So for like the first month and a half, we basically just went to coffee shops. And she did say, and she said it so graciously and gently she was just like can, can we do something else sometime it's like oh uh, uh yeah 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 of course we could do other things we should do other things to help build our relationship we shouldn't just text we should call each other on the phone we should i would le write letters to her i hate calling i hate calling people on the phone though but we would you know we would Write, I would write letters to her, or she would call me on the phone when she would have long road trips, and we would text, and we would do different things on our dates, and, you know, you do, uh, same thing with my friends at church and at work, like, you do different way, things to grow in your relationship with them, and I think that can be the case with God as well. So please, be reading your Bible, wherever you're at in your, in your walk, if you're deconstructing, if you're the most conservative of evangelicals out there, please just be open to how the Word of God is speaking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode. I always appreciate those of you who are turn, tuning in and checking it out. Uh, please subscribe, favorite, leave a star review, write a review, whatever, whatever it is on whatever streaming platform that you're checking us out on. And if you know someone who you think would enjoy this episode or this show, you could tell them that we are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can follow me on Twitter at my underscore seminary life to stay caught up on the stay caught up on updates on the show, stuff going on in my life. If you followed me on Twitter or if you're friends with me on Facebook. You saw that I was actually in a brief exchange with the Knowing Faith podcast and Kyle Worley. I, I, it was very literally like 15 minutes of fame. Like it was, it was really like 15 minutes of my life, and it was a lot of fun. You should go check it out on Twitter and on, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can see it up on there. 
And if you would like to leave a voice message, you can do that over on our platform on Anchor, where you can send it a voice message and I can respond to it saying, and even put it here on the show. So that is it for this week. Um, next week, we have the Theology of Sanctification paper. This is the this is the big boy. I don't know how this episode is going to go. We're running a little bit long on this one. So next week's may be a little shorter because I imagine it's going to be a lot. The paper is going to be a lot of regurgitating what I've been uh, recording here on the podcast. So we'll see how it goes. Might have a shorter one for you. I might talk even longer about my high school experience writing book reports. I don't know. All right. Well, that's it for now. Grace and peace.